Hey folks, welcome to episode 84 of Biomast, and we've got a really cool show for you tonight. So uh, we, we are going to kind of follow our normal format and have a couple intros and uh, introduce you to the, our normal players that we have here on the uh, on the show, guys you know and love. And we also have one special guest who's kind of a, uh, he's like an old friend that's kind of returning to the house uh and it's pretty cool, and we're going to talk a little bit about World of Tanks tonight. So there's a lot of cool news with that game coming out, and we do have kind of an extra special guest that uh, that we've actually tried to get on the show before, like many, many moons ago, and it's just sort of, you know, kind of one of those circle of life kind of things where he was able to come back on with us, uh, and we'll introduce him uh, very shortly. So without further ado, let's go ahead and knock out some uh, introductions, and we're going to start at the top of the list. So Sarai Zell. Hi, I'm Sarai Zell. I was on CPM1. I'm a co-host here on the show. I write some things for the blog. Sometimes I edit them too, and that's it. Awesome. Okay, Bait? Hey, everybody. What's up? My name is Awa Bait in Dust and Roger Bait in Eve. I write for the uh, for the Biomass blog. Okie dokie. Uh, let's see. Darth? Hi, Darth Carbonite, member of CPM2. Glad to be here. Awesome. Okay, Jadik? Uh, I'm Jadik Menaheim, member of Incorruptibles and manager of the Dust Trello Trade. Awesome. Pokey. I am Pokey Trader from OSG Planetary Operations. I co-host the show and I write for the blog. Yep. And I'm Jason Larison. I am also one of the purveyors of the biomass.com website, although I freely admit I do actually no work on that thing. I just talk on the podcast. Uh, and, and I claim that that isn't enough content because I'm usually too lazy to actually type things on the blog. So that being said, I'd like to introduce our special guest tonight, uh, who many of you knew, knew by the uh, nom de guerre of Saberwing, and he is now still known as Saberwing. Uh, at least that is his name on the Wargaming, WargamingAmerica.net, I believe. Uh, he's the senior community manager for World of Tanks for the uh, the console version of World of Tanks on the Xbox and PlayStation platforms. Mr. Saberwing, please introduce yourself. You pretty much did it for me. Uh, nice to be here, guys. Yeah, I'm uh, Saberwing, now Saberwing WGA uh, for Wargaming America, and I'm the senior community manager for World of Tanks on console. And I'm super stoked to be here with you guys. And obviously, we've tried to make this happen, I think, in the past to come on this show, but I'm glad I'm here now. So. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. So it, it's we're going to get uh, pretty hard and heavy into the uh, kind of the goings on with World of Tanks and uh, introduce uh, some players to that game that they may not know about. I, I think a lot of pretty much most people that have played any kind of PC game have heard of World of Tanks, uh, but now that's really hitting the consoles pretty hard starting this year and really into next year. Uh, I, I suspect that's going to make a, a, an e a very large player base now get even larger. Uh, now that we're starting to open things up a little bit. So without further ado, we're going to hit a little bit of our news items first, and then we're going to kind of clear the decks and uh, get some good old-fashioned World War II tank stomping action out of the way here in a little bit. So uh, I'm going to lead off with a little bit of news. Uh, we did get a, a kind of the official notification. I think we were all kind of expecting that uh, on the VR side of the house that Oculus Rift was going to use E-Valkyrie is kind of a showcase game, and that was announced here this last week that that will be the in-the-box game or one of the the featured in-the-box games uh, that come out with the Oculus when it really well, hits, the, hits the street. Go ahead, Jake. Specifically, I, I think, um, and that's that was my first read on it too, but it, it does sound like it's very specifically um, that it's in the box for pre-orders. It's like a pre-order bonus, so it sounds like they, um. they will actually sell it if you don't pre-order the, the Oculus Rift. 
That's um, probably the smarter way to do it, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a good way for them to drive pre-orders, and obviously, um, CCP. It makes sense. It, it, you know, we've we've talked about before as being the the obvious choice that they would they had some sort of bundle deal with uh, with Oculus because it it makes sense for them to have put so much uh, dev you know work into something you know uh, an aspect of gaming that's kind of unproven on how successful it'll be because no matter how successful VR is in the long term, they're they're gonna sell a lot of them, and if they're if they're in a hundred percent of the pre-ordered boxes, then CCP's already got a pretty solid guaranteed base of, of you know revenue coming back from the title as opposed to just if they were listing it as a available title on the store. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty fair fair assessment. And again, you know, could, one thing I, that I found pretty interesting about this is that um, over the last probably really six months, I would say, or, or at least, yeah, since about this summer, Every time that you you see Valkyrie getting put out there in big public forums, big game cons and stuff like that, uh, along with some of the other VR offerings, it, it is by all accounts that I've seen publicly and by the folks that we know have played it pretty heavily, it, it's really knocking it out of the park. So I, I'm not I'm normally not a big dogfighter game kind of guy, but I am pretty interested in this one. And uh, it, it's everybody I've talked to says it is an exceptionally well done game. And I saw a pretty interesting article from, um, gosh, I want to say it was either Polygon or, or game fact that, uh, that basically, you know, they dispelled any, any myth that there was, that this was designed as a technology demonstrator only, uh, that they, they clearly viewed it as a, you know, quote unquote, triple a title. Uh, so it, I think, I think whatever happens with that game, when it comes out, it will probably be pretty big, pretty big. Now I'm not really sure what, what really is the next thing in VR, the next game that's going to hit or the next thing that's going to really be able to carry the day. So should be, should be kind of interesting to see where this goes with it. But like I said, by all public accounts, Valkyrie is looking, looking pretty good right now. So let's see other other news items. I think Zell, correct me if I'm wrong. They had a CCP patent. There's a release, like a named release, Frostline, something like that, that came um, out this last week. Actually, uh, so Evenline did have a, a big release this week. Um, it has no name actually, which is the funnier part. Is they? I think oh, they. Were, okay. I think they ran out of clever names, or they were hoping to have Citadel maybe for this month, and it didn't happen. You know, um, so it's just the December release. Um, and as anticlimactic as that release name is, um, it is a pretty cool. Um, it's got a pretty cool pile of stuff in there. As far as I was looking at it, it's it's it actually makes me kind of interested in logging back in and seeing if the game is fun yet. Um, but a lot of it is just um, so the Frostline thing is uh, their holiday event, um, and that is part of what's in, included in the patch. But um, they added a lot of graphical damage effects, um, and it looked like they might have actually added like some sort of um, I don't know if it was a preview of what's coming or if it was actually in this patch, but it was something like that your the kills your ship was act was involved in would actually get marked on the hull of the ship, so you'd have kind of like a kill record on the side of your ship. Um, and so they they've been doing a lot of that sort of stuff that they're that got opened up with their uh, the V three graphics upgrade and their ability to kind of dynamically play with their skins on the on the ships. Um, and uh, they did some they redid a lot of the sound effects. They tierocited um, a bunch of modules. Uh, they added 13 new ships. Um, they added an ice mining frigate, and then for each of the races, they added command destroyers and logistics frigates. 
Um, and I think I must have missed one when I wrote my, my little summary post. Um, and then the other big thing is that they used to have like 250 kilometer grids in space. Um, and given that those are smaller than citadels, um, they went ahead and they increased the minimum size of a grid to 7,800 kilometers. So um, that's one of those things that hasn't really changed in the 12 years Eve has been a thing, um, but has some pretty massive impact on uh, you know how space works in the game. Um, and of course, they added like 50 skins because you know it's CCP, so there's some skins. <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, they they are making some some good updates to it. Uh, I know they put a lot of work in their graphics pieces, so that should be pretty interesting for some of the folks out there. Now, I, now it is also holiday time, so every game in the world has usually got some kind of Yuletide bundle going on. I'm my email is getting absolutely pummeled right now with. Uh, you know, kind of the the freemium December releases and all that kind of good stuff right now. I think didn't here uh, Heroes of the Storm also had like a little holiday bundle, like a pretty neat little holiday bundle come out the other day. Um, well, you know, here's the storm. What they have, or you know, I actually haven't checked on their news in the last few days if they announced something specifically for the holidays. Um, but there's a couple Christmas theme skins that they had last year before I got into Heroes of the Storm. It was like kind of early beta or or even alpha possibly. And they always trot those back out uh, for the holidays. Um, the big thing they did was Here's the Storm had uh, their Black Friday sale, which actually just ended like yesterday because it was like a two-week sale. Um, they actually put 50% off on everything you can buy from the entire game. So all the skins were, were 50% off and all the like stim pack things, which are booster-like and um, unlocking all the heroes without, you know, if you wanted to pay cash to do that instead of, you know, just playing the game. But they had a, they had a really big sale with that. So that was that was kind of cool. Okay, that sounds like that sounds like a pretty good deal. So, um, I think the last bit of like tidbit of news that we wanted to talk about before we get into the meat of the show was there was a a release of some of a lot of concept art reference dust that uh, that was produced relatively recently, we think, or at least it was posted recently. It's it's been subsequently pulled off the net, but uh, there were some some pictures. Nothing that is were pulled off the net. Well. Yes, you, you know what I mean, though, like at least in, in the easy-to-click-to department. Uh, but uh, we do have an article on the blog about that that kind of does a little bit, of, gets into a touch of tinfoil, and I think we're probably going to let that situation develop a little bit more over the next week and, and talk about that probably on a uh, on the next Sunday show. Uh, any thoughts on that one, Jadik, since you, I think you were the guy that snooped that one out? Yeah, um, I kind of make it a habit to, to like snoop around and scope out what, like, dev portfolios or what they've they've added to them and ccp patriot had added uh six photos to his uh, personal portfolio and then there was one uh special one added to his art station but it, like a lot of it showed um highly like integrated um sockets like multiple sockets being squished together so those these like really concentrated zones they were all so um eve ships added into um not really sure of the capacity that they're being featured in but uh the one ship that was pretty prominent was the uh the kaldari uh uh corvax corax corax right yeah i could keep getting that wrong um there was also um a uh an or uh an ore ship on one of the um space looked like a like a planetoid like you're you're fighting on an installation in space and this this ore ship was docked up there were also um, a Leviathan th- fleet in front of a planet that you could see from um, like the vastness of space on this planet. Um, a lot of really great-looking things. It uh, it got the community pretty pretty excited. Okay, 
All right, that's some good stuff. And, and like I said, guys, we, we do have a, a a pip on that one about uh, on the blog. So if you can head over to biomass.com, feel free to check them out. And I think we're because we're going to let that one develop a little bit, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, I think uh, with both feet next uh, next week. So any other quick round the horn gaming news uh, that's out there? Anybody want to want to throw out for that? I just throw out um, at the tail end of our dust news here um, is that. Uh, CCP Frame did put up the 12 Days of Dust thing. Um, it's going to start on uh, the 25th. Um, just just as a highlight point for those who don't know, the 12 Days of Christmas actually starts on Christmas Day. It's not the 12 Days preceding, it's the 12 Days after. So um, CCP is right on this. Um, and it's the same as last year where they have kind of some clever little hints about what items will be available. And it'll be the trigger for each daily item is to complete three daily quests for that day. Alrighty, that should be interesting. Uh, they, and they usually do a pretty good job of that too, by the way. They usually do a, a pretty pretty snippy little little job of working that, so should be fun. I just broke um, open my fortune cookie, and there is no fortune in it. I'm very disappointed. Well, that's again, that's one of those little karmic things that happens to you uh, on occasion, which we all applaud at because life's little engine continues to pay you forward. So. Um, without further ado, guys, what we'd like to do is break into our first uh, kind of main segment for the night. And really the only the, the, the big segment that we have for the night uh, is to talk a little bit about World of Tanks and specifically uh, World of Tanks in reference to uh, console players. So I think around 2011, uh, World of Tanks first kind of went live and it was first developed in uh, the Ukraine and Belarus, uh, it, you know, for what most Americans would incorrectly and colloquially, colloquially refer to as Russia, so to speak, uh, or the U.S., the old school USSR. But uh, it was definitely, it, it was developed over there, kind of went live, uh, had developed a very, very strong following in, in uh, that kind of eastern and central part, part of Europe and very quickly spread uh, in the PC world kind of around the globe. Uh, it, it is, it's got some pretty amazing player counts in terms of the number of people that actually play World of Tanks and, and just, it, you can do a very quick Google search and figure it out. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty serious. Uh, they're, they're well, well, well into, I want to say, let's see, they set, they've set a Guinness Book of World Records for the no, most number of concurrent players on a server. That should be an indicator. Uh, in December of 2013, they had 75 million players registered worldwide with 1.1 million peak concurrent users. And their numbers have, have really not gone down. In fact, they've continued to creep up since then, if, if, again, if the interwebs is proven. Uh, but right now, they are actually well beyond like World of Warcraft in terms of like online gaming rev revenues, if that gives you a a sense of the scale of the game. So a lot of PC players are aware of it. Uh, there's been a lot of really cool TV ads that have come out over the last couple of years about World of Tanks. Um, and starting, uh, I think about a year ago, they, they started making a very decided, uh, not a transition, but like they were expanding the World of Tanks market into the console, into the uh, console realm. They've got a couple other things. They've got uh, like an, an iPad version, sort of like a, a, a tablet version, which... It reportedly is quite good, actually, all the way from a board game and a couple other things. But their big move right now that they're making is really getting into the console market. So uh, we reached out to an old friend of ours. Uh, again, uh, the artist formerly known as CCP 
Saberwing, who is now CC, who is now Saberwing Wargaming.net, Wargaming America. Sorry. Yeah, Saberwing WGA. We're just going to call him Saberwing because he's cool like that. Um, and he is the senior community manager uh, for the console console side of the house, which we are very fired up about because pre- predominantly we are console players. We do have Jake, who is the token PC master race guy, but yes. we, we kind of tolerate him. Uh, but we we wanted to k- kind of take the opportunity and just talk to um, talk to Saberwing a little bit about uh, kind of what's going on with World of Tanks and sort of how he found himself there and what he sees uh, as the future of World of Tanks on the console, which uh, it's been out for the Xbox 360 for a while and then the Xbox One. Uh, and they just had the open beta on PS4, which I took great pleasure in playing over the weekend. It's only open for a weekend, I think. Uh, and it was just an absolute blast. So we thought this was a great opportunity uh, once that open beta came up on PlayStation 4 to kind of reach out uh, and ask Saberwing to come on the show and, and talk to us a little bit about uh, World of Tanks. So without further ado, uh, brother, if you don't mind, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of found yourself working over there at uh, Wargaming and sort of what the kind of what it is you do as the senior community manager? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the... Uh pretty epic intro uh, so uh, you guys are right I work on the console version of World of Tanks um, and pretty much everything you said was spot-on um, we uh, and by we I mean Wargaming uh, started in Belarus uh, that's where our headquarters are still so they're in Minsk um, and, and that studio really is concerned with the PC version of the game predominantly so they develop and and uh, publish the PC version of the game so all those numbers and figures that you're quoting which were pretty mind-boggling they're uh, particularly in relation to the PC version of the game. And and a lot of the crazy statistics are all about the PC version, and that's just because it's been around for longer. But it's kind of caught on like wildfire, to my understanding, in Eastern Europe in particular. Uh, that's where the huge bulk of the player base is. And, and I mean, I'm kind of new to the game, right? Uh, I've only been with Wargaming for about eight or nine months now. So uh, I haven't been there since the inception, but... They've kind of been um, killing it over in Eastern Europe, and and it's kind of uh, it's mind-boggling in some ways. I heard some really crazy statistics, which I don't know. There's truth to them, but some stats like oh, one in three adult men in Russia has a war gaming account or something like that, and I was like, well, that's pretty insane actually. Um, and and you know the game's just I, I think what we were talking about before this podcast started, the game's kind of got this weird mix of. Um, accessibility but also depth you know there's a lot of stuff to memorize so i mean i'm kind of a hardcore gamer at heart and i think a lot of us on this podcast are given that you're talking about eve and dust and all those sorts of games right um and this game has a lot of depth to it and you just kind of have to learn a lot of stuff by playing and uh there's there's obviously grinding involved but you know it's just one of those games where i think it kind of sinks its teeth into you so um so i've been with wargaming for about eight or nine months and I work mainly on the console version of the game. So um, what you said was correct again, uh, Xbox 360, that started last year, I believe that launched. Um, and earlier this year, July or August, I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head, but I think it was July, we launched on Xbox One. And um, we very recently, this last weekend, had an open beta for PlayStation 4. So um, kind of really attacking the console market, I guess. Um, and there's some really cool things that we've done uh, on console, which I think no other game has really done. So Xbox 360 and Xbox One has crossplay, for example. 
So if you're on a 360, then you can play against somebody on the Xbox One, or you can, you know, like use your account on the Xbox One, even if you have a 360 or whatever. So there's a lot of really cool things that we've kind of done there with Xbox. Uh, and starting this weekend that just passed, you know, we're, we're kind of making the steps towards PlayStation 4. So um, that's where I'm at now. My job is very much similar to what I was doing before when I was at CCP, and that's kind of trying to keep the trolls and the forum warriors happy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's And trust me, that's a full-time job with some of these crews. So, uh, oh, yeah. And, and you didn't have to worry about Russian mobsters. So, uh, not yet, I, not yet. I'm safely in San Francisco right now, and I think you know if I can survive the Great Firewall of China, I can survive San Francisco. So. Yeah, man. You, by the way, you, you come up with like the absolute most bomber places to work. You've got Shanghai, Austin. Now you're you're over at San Fran, man. You like? I'm, I'm definitely looking at a career change. At this point I don't know. San, San Fran's rough some days. It's expensive. That's the biggest problem with San Francisco. It's just the crazy cost of living here. You know, to me, it's it's everyone over there is just a little bit weird. It's just it's just a thing. I I just the Bay Area seems weird to me. But that's that's just for the for the record. At uh, Sunday, December thirteenth, at uh, twenty two twenty six hours Eastern Standard Time, Zell called somebody other than himself weird. I'd like that noted. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it. In, in all honesty, like you, you definitely got some some good luck with your uh, with your uh, your locating your job location. So yeah, I'm, I'm a tad jealous of that. <laughs> I love it actually. You know, it was one of my favorite things about working at CZB was you know the chance to kind of go over to Shanghai, just somewhere I'd never even been over to East you know to East Asia. I've never even been there, and the first time I ever went there is when I got off a plane to work at CCP. So I mean, you know, it's pretty awesome to me to get to go to see new places and experience new things. You know. And uh, luck, I mean, luckily and unluckily, I guess in this industry, you kind of get a lot of opportunity for that. You know, they're, they're kind of scattered around the world and gaming is exploding. Um, so, I mean, the Bay Area is really where I think a lot of the opportunity is. You know, there's a lot of companies based out here and everything. So if you're looking for San Francisco, man, the video games industry is kind of headquartered out here, really. So that's pretty cool, actually. You know, that's a, I know there's a I've got a lot of friends that actually are uh, developers up in the Seattle area, and, and they all they have all mentioned that as well, that San Francisco is definitely a uh, a major hub at this point. Um, so I, I want to ask you a couple a couple of quick hitting questions about uh, kind of the, the console version of World of Tanks. Sure. Is there, is there anything like if a player was a kind of a, a moderately experienced PC World of Tanks player, what would you know, how would their transition be if they started playing on either Xbox or maybe the, you know, the future PS4 platform? Like, is it pretty similar or is it pretty much the same game? At least, I mean, that's generally my impression of it, but I was kind of wondering what your thoughts on if there's any differences that a, a player might pick up on. That's a pretty good question. I, I actually um, see it in, in real life quite often. Like I go to a trade show. Good examples. We had PlayStation experience this last weekend. And um, we had a bunch of PC tankers, you know, come by the booth and try the game for the first time on console. And it's kind of interesting to see them play the game because it is mechanically, um, actually, that's probably not the right word. I'd say um, conceptually, it's the same game, right? I mean, almost all the tanks that are in the games are, for the most part, the same and have the same strengths and weaknesses and all that stuff. Um, what's kind of different is the difference between a console and a PC game and the different kind of interaction that you have with that medium. So obviously with a PC, you have a mouse and keyboard and, and even in World of Tanks on PC, when you actually play the game, the viewpoint slightly further out. So you're kind of zoomed 
out of your tank a little bit and you kind of have a bit more spatial awareness. Um, and it's just kind of a different dynamic. So when people who are playing on PC come to console, I would say they have a huge advantage over someone who's never played the game before. I mean, just they have all that knowledge about all the tanks, um, you know, how to take cover effectively, how to flank effectively, how to angle, which in case you guys haven't played World of Tanks is where you kind of turn your your tank slightly at an angle so that it's harder to penetrate with a shell. Stuff like that. They have like those c concepts down, but what they don't really have is like the mechanical um, or the muscle memory, right? You know, they don't have the ability to control their tank in the same way as they do on a PC. So that's where it's kind of different. Um, there's also some changes that have been made from the console version of the game to the PC version. So, um, for example, there's there's some slight balance tweaks um, for certain tanks. Uh, on PC, there's certain tanks that are, I guess, considered not very good or whatever. And, and the console team, uh, which are not based in Minsk, they're actually based in Chicago. So all the games for... Uh, console that we we developed so 361 and ps4 is all made out of the same studio in, uh, in chicago they kind of take it upon themselves to look at what the pc has done and and kind of tweak things so there's certain tanks that have been rebalanced completely for console and so a tank that might be terrible on pc might actually be pretty decent on console um that being said the vast majority of the stuff is very similar because the game's pretty well balanced on pc i guess um already um, you know, they've kind of got this esports thing going on and everything already. I mean, there are tanks that are favored over others, right? People kind of find the current meta or whatever. But um, for the most part, things are similar. And then we also have some pretty cool additional features, I think, that PC don't have. And uh, definitely vice versa as well, given that they've been around for five years or so. Um, and, and some of those things are, for example, we have hero tanks, which we call them on the console version of the game. So... Uh, there are tanks that have been like totally pimped out with a skin, um, and I mean some of them look borderline ludicrous, but that's kind of the point, you know. They've they've got like a giant American flag on them and like a, a giant American flag sticking out the back, and that's called the Freedom Tank, for example, um, stuff like that, which doesn't exist on PC at all, uh, but on console it does, and and that's kind of uh, I guess appealing to towards a slightly different market, right? Um, knowing where your players are and kind of understanding that console players. Um, I mean, look, we're all gamers, but I think there's there's a slight distinction in the way that people play games and the way they consume games. So um, that's kind of the main difference. And I think, you know, people who play on PC who are are avid console players, if they like playing World of Tanks on PC, then you'll enjoy it on console because it's a very similar sort of game. So, um, yeah, that that's uh, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it does. That I really appreciate the uh, the thoughts on that one, uh, Zell. I think you had a couple questions as well. You, you you literally asked me just as I put a chip in my mouth, so I'll try and talk without, like, okay. Um, my, my biggest question for you, Saberwing, is uh, I, I know that, like, a lot, that uh, World of Tanks is really popular with uh, people who play EVE and stuff, and the Matani.com covers it endlessly, and I think a lot of people, while they're waiting for EVE Ops and stuff, literally alt-tab over and play World of Tanks. I have never tried it. Um, for those of us who have not, um, is, uh, what what is it as a game? And uh, why should I download it? All right. Um, back to basics, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we I, I wanted to get in there a little yeah. earlier, but, you know. Yeah, well, so World of Tanks at heart is is kind of a arena. Um, I mean, I would struggle to say MOBA because it's not a MOBA. Like, I guess what we, what we call MOBAs, I mean, it really is a MOBA, I guess. But it's like a arena tank-based action game, I guess, is what I would kind of try and sum it up as. So you jump into a battle, um, and it's literally, uh, 
you're in a tank and the opposition are all in tanks. Um, and the era is kind of around World War II. Um, and, and basically what they are is, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, I'm trying to think of how best to explain this. I mean, it, it's, it's not just a death match. There's other ways you can win. There's, uh, you can capture a point and, and you can win that way by capping. Um, but really it's about tank combat and understanding what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are, what their, what their composition of their team is, you know, um, there's different tank classes. So you have light tanks, mediums, heavies, artillery, and all of them kind of do different things on the battlefield. So light tanks are really your kind of scouts. They kind of go out there and they, um, we, I guess tankers call them light up the enemy, which means that basically you go uh, and you, you detect them for the rest of your team. So the rest of your team then sees them on the map and they know where those tanks are. So as a light tank, you're meant to get in there really fast and just use your speed, detect enemy tanks, and then, and then run away before you get destroyed. Um, that's kind of their purpose. And then you have mediums, which kind of sit in the middle, right? They're kind of your all-around sort of tanks. You have heavies who are just like the brawler type tank, right? You have t uh, tank destroyers or TDs. And uh, they're kind of a unique kind of tank because their turret doesn't move. Um, and then you have artillery, which is a totally different style of gameplay, which is like you're kind of, I guess you're like a sniper, I guess, kind of. You're sitting at the back of the battlefield. Your light tanks are scouting people. And then when you go to shoot at enemy tanks, you're actually looking at them from a bird's eye view and you're, so you're trying to drop artillery shells on them. So that's those are the different tank classes. Um, and all the tanks that are in there, like I said, around the World War II period, most of them, or I'd say a big chunk of them, uh, were real tanks. You know, they actually saw combat during World War II um, and around that era. And a lot of them were prototypes or, or concepts of tanks. So there were tanks that, uh, for example, the British Army was like, okay, we're going to develop this tank. And there's and it's kind of a joke tank, and you know, like it's referred to jokingly a lot, which is called the TOG, the TOG 2, because it's such a huge tank. And there's one, apparently, of these made uh, in the world, but it was really a prototype for a tank or is a concept of a tank. And so that tank's actually been put into the game. So you kind of get to see what the dynamic of what that tank would have actually been like in combat if it were ever, ever released. Um, and that's kind of the basic gist of the game. Um, as for why people should play it, um, trying to give you the hard sell, I guess. Like the, the, I guess the reason people would want to play a game like this is because it's it's fiendishly addictive in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's got a fairly steep learning curve, but it's also very accessible in a weird way. So I know those things are very contradictory, but um, you know, ultimately at its at its core, it's like you're just trying to blow up other tanks. Like that's literally at, at the core what you're trying to do, and that's kind of fun, but there's a lot of depth to it. So you start learning where certain tanks, you know, have, have more armor than other, uh, than other tanks. So you'll know where the weak points on a specific tank are, or you'll know, um, what the scouting range of a certain tank is and, and that sort of thing. Uh, those things are all, um, I, I guess they're all things that just kind of lend to the skill, to the, to the skill curve or the learning curve. Um, and, and so it means it means it's a very complex game. And so when you're saying people play Eve and then they all tab out and they play World of Tanks, that doesn't really surprise me at all because both of those games are incredibly complex and deep and rich and rewarding in a lot of ways. Um, and the other cool thing about World of Tanks, honestly, is that it's free to play. So um, even the console version is totally free to play. I mean, I would say that, you know, it, it kind of feels a lot slower if you're playing for free, but it is still free. And, you know, there's not very many free-to-play games on a console, really, uh, or AAA free-to-play games on console. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of one of the big draws for the console version in particular. I mean, there's it's more competitive on PC. Sure, there's more free-to-play games on PC, but um, that that's kind of what the main draw is, I'd say. 
Yeah, I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd take a take a quick stab at this one. Um, and th this is kind of based on the open beta that I played for the PlayStation 4. So I, I had, like, the sum total of my World of Tank experiences previous to this was, I think I played for, like, an hour or an hour and a half uh, on a like on a buddy of mine's PC, like, in, you know, I was on a business trip and he just kind of introduced me to the game. This was a couple of years ago, um, big, you know, big time PC player. And he, he was kind of just dabbling in it. So I, I kind of messed around with it while I was at his house. Um, so I didn't really have a good, a good sample of the PC, but from the, the open beta on the PlayStation four, uh, everything that, it, that Saberwing said was pretty accurate. It really came down to, to to learn how to just get into a match and then like drive your tank around shoot and then fight you know is actually really simple but there's but once you get past that first level of the accessibility into the game and the game itself is actually set up really well like once you get into it it navigates pretty pretty quickly and you can actually just start playing real fast and you can be competitive at an early at an early range because the way they they kind of tier the matchmaking kind of like by like tank tank level if you don't if you know what I mean. Uh, so you can actually get into the game really really quick. But what I found is that the minute you're in the game and you actually start looking around, there's like 10, 12 layers deep of complexity in, in all of this in terms of how you upgrade the tanks, how you upgrade the crews, the different equipment that you can stack onto the tank. And you can really customize these things out, you know, internally in terms of their gameplay. There's a ton of visual customization that goes along with it. And then you add the social aspect, which is one of the things that, you know, that's that. And if you think about it, the social aspect of gaming is really why we're all sitting here talking. Uh, it's the thing that that builds gaming communities and makes people generate media outlets. So it's got a really a really cool clan-based system uh, that I believe is transferred over fully to the console version, where you you can have some pretty pretty hard-hitting like clan wars, like sixteen on sixteen, over some uh, you know like nineteen or twenty different maps. So you can you can get into it as deep as you want, or as you know kind of entry level as you want. Uh, that that would be just my kind of offer to it. Uh, and, and the fact that it is free to play, I was amazed. Like this is a really high quality, like visually audio wise gameplay. It's, it's a really high quality game. It's not something that when most people think of free to play game, they think of something that's, you know, a little bit more bargain basement. This definitely has the feel of something you would pay, pay money at, you know, at the GameStop for and bring home. You missed, so, a, you missed a funny snipe. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like you get like this bargain base. I was gonna, I was gonna like stab in like you know, oh, like dust. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, um, it's not. It's not quite. Uh, well, so one other thing, uh, just quickly as a point, you mentioned the clan stuff. So uh, clan functionality in PC is super robust, right? I mean, that's been going for a while. They have this thing called Clan Wars, which is basically like territorial thing that's ever persistent so the clans kind of fight against each other um, to own pieces of land which then generates uh, currency for them and all that stuff so that doesn't exist on console yet um, and we haven't really figured out or at least announced what the full clan functionality is going to be on uh, console um, but we brought clans into the game very recently actually i think like uh, maybe just over a month ago or two months ago so it's really 
really pretty new. Um, and at the moment, the functionality is somewhat limited. So it's like you can sign up and we have like a, we call it the console companion app. And it's basically an app which has like all your stats in it. You can log in and you can, uh, you can like manage your clan and stuff like that through it. Um, and it's for uh, Android and iOS. So that kind of exists. Um, and right now, the clan functionality is really kind of limited to clan tags and the fact that you can manage and join a clan and everything like that via the web portal. So that stuff's just gone in really recently. Um, and we're obviously looking at that and trying to build out that feature set. Um, you know, I ran a tournament about six months. Wow, six months ago already, I guess it is. Um, it was right before Xbox One launched. We kind of ran a tournament on Xbox 360 to celebrate the Xbox One launch. And, uh, clans didn't exist for that, but you know we found workaround solutions for it. So we have game lobbies, basically, where you can kind of create uh, custom lobbies. And so right now, the clans, the way they play against each other or whatever, they kind of create these custom lobbies and then do that. Um, clan Wars, as it is on PC, doesn't really exist yet. Um, but you know, there's a lot of competitive play out there already. Um, you guys have probably seen World of Tanks has... Uh, a, you know, a big esports community out there. You know, there are finals with you know tens of thousands of dollars of prizing and stuff like that uh, for the PC version. So, you know, my goal and aspiration is to get the console version of the game to to be right there. You know, um, there's a lot of games in console or on console that are kind of succeeding within the competitive gaming market. Um, I mean, Halo, Call of Duty, all these games are, are awesome kind of spectacles. You know, and I think World of Tanks has the depth to do that. And it's kind of a very different experience to watch i mean call of duty and this is what i told a lot of people at the at the um show floor at playstation experience last weekend was the call of duty is super fun like I, I love playing that game but it's a very different style of game to world of tanks so we were actually right next to their booth too which is kind of funny so i guess you'd have some people go over there and then come over to play our game and be like what the hell <laughs> this is super different you know but Call of Duty is like, it's a very Twitch-based game. You know, you're, you're relying on your reaction speed and, and all that stuff. Whereas World of Tanks is, I think, a lot more tactical in a lot of ways. Uh, positioning is really important. Um, communication and working with their teammates is really important. And I think that's also partially why, if you look demographic-wise, why um, our player base scales a little older. Um, you know, and it's probably also partially why the game's so popular over in Eastern Europe. Um, you know, where internet connection speeds and stuff like that are probably less important if you're not going to be playing a game that's insanely Twitch-based. So those are all, I think, factors as to why the game has been successful. So I think the game is kind of proud to be like that, too. It's not like, you know, we're not trying to be Call of Duty. Uh, we're trying to be that tactical game, which is a slightly different offering um, from that sort of game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And honestly, um, you know... Once it's out on PS4, like I'd love to play with you guys. So. Oh, that'd be that'd be awesome, man. Uh, you know, the I was sitting there thinking through that, and yeah, I think you're you're absolutely spot on. It's uh, the classic FPS game is usually very Twitch based, uh, very you know, uh, kinetic in its play style. Whereas the the biggest the, the word that I would kind of use with uh, with World of Tanks, it, particularly if you're like a newer player, is it's almost um, it's almost suspense because you, you're moving at a slower pace, but your your engagement in the game is just as high, if not higher, because you 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 really don't know what's around like the next bend or the next hill or whatever, and you're desperately trying to, to outthink a guy two or three moves ahead of him. It's it's pretty fun. It's and forget old guys like me, it actually works out pretty pretty good because I was never going to be a like a a baller FPS player anyway. So so this uh, this actually works out pretty good. Um, so so, so you, you um, talked a little bit about. Go ahead, man. Oh, I was I was going to ask so. 
Um, I know there's uh, the other question I want to ask is, and I, I think I think the answer is probably no, but I don't, I don't know. Um, you mentioned uh, that there is uh, crossplay between uh, 360 and Xbox One, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can use your account in in any of the games, right? Does that include like I know there's I assume there's not crossplay to it, but is it the same account system as like the PC? No, so that's a question I get a lot all, uh, all the time too. Um, so. I guess just to, I'll, I'll cover all the uh, different scenarios really quick. So um, basically the PC version and the PS4 version and the Xbox version, and when I say Xbox, I mean 360 and one, um, are all separate. So if you play on PC, there's no crossplay with PS4. Um, if you play on PS4, there's no crossplay with either Xbox or PC. But if you um, play on Xbox 360, there is crossplay with Xbox One. Um, so the Xbox versions kind of live, um, you know, your, your account is your, is your Microsoft gamer tag, um, on, on PlayStation is your PSN ID, right? And for PC, we have a wargaming.net account. So you have like your centralized account for all the PC wargaming games. So World of Tanks, obviously the big one, uh, World of Warships, which launched, launched really recently too, I think August or September. So only three, four months ago, uh, World of Warplanes. Um, and and you guys talked about some other games before too. Um, World of Tanks Blitz, which is the um, which is the uh, tablet version of the game, and that's actually super good, by the way. For a tablet game, it's also incredibly polished. So um, the accounts are all kind of held separately, and there's no crossplay uh, or migration right now between them between all the different services. Okay, um, I can't join you on the console version. I don't have a I don't have a PS4 or an Xbox 360 or Xbox One, but I will tell you I am installing the PC version, and I downloaded the whole thing in like five minutes, which was really cool. Well, uh, be careful what you say about that though, because I think you may have just downloaded like. Actually, no. On PC, you should be fine. I'm thinking on console, you have like this this way where you download the game, uh, and you actually are downloading the first tier of tanks. So um, this is mentioned just a minute ago. We have different tiers of tanks, right? And they are basically scaling from like your converted tractor, which is like you know, is a tractor that's made into a tank, um, all the way up through your big badass tanks of World War II. And so all the different tiers of tanks are different strengths. And so the matchmaker scales your games based on what tank you're uh, jumping in with and so it tries to put you at an appropriate level so you're against other tanks of of similar tiers now obviously that's not perfect so there's going to be games where you're the lowest tier and there's going to be games where you're the highest tier and so that's kind of frustrating or really fun depending on which side you're up to uh which side you're on sorry but um what i will say is yeah so the version on the console is you can download the game and it actually unlocks all the tier one version one content so you can jump in and play while it's downloading the rest of the content in the background which is kind of cool because the actual game itself is quite a hefty download on on xbox and playstation i think it's something pretty mind-boggling like 40 gigabytes or something so okay it downloads all that content in the background though while you at least i don't re recall what the pc version does i don't know if it does that i hit um, a so maybe I, that's I did hit a second set download. of downloads i got like with okay, the hd textures <laughs> selected i got like my first download was like 2.9 gigs and now it's doing like another 4.5 so um, but that's again with the HD stuff. Um, but it says it does say it's playable. It says ready to play, starting tier vehicles available. So it sounds like it's very much the same. Um, yeah, cool. And that's a big for deal. PCs, you know? consoles. Yeah, I mean that's a really big deal. Console players too, in, in particular. I mean, I guess the example I'd use is like imagine what the consumer is like in that situation, right? So if you're on PC, you're like, okay, I'll download this game and then I'll jump host a podcast or whatever, like you're doing now, or you'll go and do whatever else on the internet or play another game, right? You can do that. 
Um, with console, you know, people are a little bit less patient, you know, and you're kind of like downloading a game. You're like, all right, I want to play that right now. And if the game's not available to you to play fairly quickly, you're going to be like, well, screw this. Like, I'm kind of bored. I want to go do something else. And so I think that's really important, I think, for a console game is to try and get people, when they have that urge to play, like, you kind of fulfill that need very quickly. Because otherwise, people will, will filter out and they won't ever come back. Um, you know, this last month, uh, I mean, just think about all the amazing games that are released on console. And it's really hard to compete with that sometimes. So you kind of have to... You have to kind of uh, think ahead, I think, and then try and help your consumer out and help them get into the game as fast as possible. You know? That's pretty cool, actually. It, I noticed that we had some guys downloading it the other day when uh, we were pulling some guys on to play. And, you know, we'd see them come up online on the PlayStation. We'd, uh, we'd hit them up and say, hey, you got to download this. And they were jumping to matches with us as it was downloading. It's pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know we could do that till we actually experienced that. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a big deal. And there's a lot of these like little things. Um, we were talking about this again before, uh, before the before the show about some of the sort of behind the scenes things that you don't really have to think about when you're playing a game. But when you start working on making a game, there are these little things that, uh, that kind of happen at, uh, at every game's development. And there's reasons for stuff. And you know, I'm happy to share whatever I can with that. So that's that's the reason behind that. I mean, obviously, you want people to play as fast as possible, but it's also because, um, like I said, attention spans. And, and also, um, people have, let's say, two hours free to play a game. If you have to download 40 gigabytes, you're not playing during those two hours, you know? <laughs> so you're going to go do something else with your time. You know, one of the things I found, I, I noticed, is that, uh, like, the matches can be can be very, very quick or very, very drawn out because you, you, you know, you have one life, you have like the one tank that you bring into the fight. Uh, and so if you get smoked right off the bat, you would think that that would, that would inject some sense of uh, aggravation. It, it does, but you actually stay in the match and on comms with your, uh, with your partners and you can, I, I, you, know, I you bounce to like basically different tank views, like on your side. So it's pretty cool, actually, because you can still be value added and kind of talk through the match with them, uh, or you can all bounce back to your uh, to your garage and kind of you know check out for your next you know check your tank out for the next fight or whatever. So it's it's actually pretty neat in that way that it, it can keep you engaged. But in two, like for example, if you have like an hour and a half or two hours to play, you could in theory get a bunch of matches in. You could get a lot of gameplay in in that amount of time. Whereas with and and because you've got a huge player base, there's really no no queue for. I mean, there, there's no lengthy queuing for for matches and things like that. So, that's one of the, the cool things I notice is that your, your playability in terms of just sitting down, grabbing a controller, firing it up, and getting right into matches and having a good time with your friends is is pretty good. It, it, you get a lot of you know quote unquote bang for your buck out of it. I would say. Yeah, that's one of the cool things about the PC version as well. Uh, they both allow you to do that. So, I mean, I'm a huge PC gamer, you know. Uh, that's actually probably what I game on the most, which is funny because a lot of the games I've worked on have been console games. But I, I play on PC games all the time. And, you know, one of the games I play a lot of and have for years is Dota 2. And, you know, when I play a game of Dota and the game's not going well, like, I potentially have to sit there for 45 minutes while I get like completely destroyed, you know, and I, there's not much I can do about it most times. And so that's really frustrating. Like, I, actually, that sucks. You're like, well, this game's over. It's been over for like 10 minutes and I got to see it for another 30 minutes. But what's cool about World of Tanks, I guess, is the games are battle arenas. So if it doesn't go well, you die, then whatever, you know, uh, you just back out and you just go into another game immediately. Um, 
and that's kind of cool. So there's no real downtime, even if you die. That being said, if you play with friends, obviously you want to wait for them to kind of jump into a battle with them. So that's different. Um, and so there was no platooning, I believe, for the PlayStation 4 beta, which platooning is the way that you kind of join matches with a friend. Um, or like up to five people, I think, you can have in a platoon at a time. There was none of that. I think that was disabled for the last beta. But I think we're looking at uh, including that... Um, at launch or if there's another beta or anything like that. So um, I think we were just trying to work through some technical stuff with the platooning for the beta and we didn't quite get it there in time. Yep. No, that, that was one of the things we were looking for. I, I, all the functionalities in there, like the buttons and stuff were in there, but you just, you couldn't select it. It was kind of grayed out sort of thing. Yeah. But, but no, that, and, and I think that's, that's one of the things I would be very excited to see. And, and I think that's what would really be a, a, a huge thing for in the console market is, uh, is if you guys like kind of iterated on the the social aspects of the game because that's that's to me that's like the fastest way to grow a game uh, or at least get guys hooked into it is you you link them up with other players and they get they like playing you know they get organized a little bit that's because that's usually tactical games like this that's when it really shines is when you get you know four eight twelve sixteen guys all kind of working together it, it's really fun when you start doing that so and i know that the pc crowd is incredibly organized i mean like you mentioned their esports there, there's like again this is kind of the old guy in me showing but there's like real money laid out in esports nowadays and uh world of tanks is, is pretty up there in the pc kind of uh, pantheon of games i was kind of surprised i did a quick search on that when you were talking about it there's you know, and of course, the leaderboards are generally dominated, by the way, by Ukrainians and Russians, just so everybody knows. Uh, but they're, they're, it's actually pretty cool. I, this would be like a fun tournament game, I think. Oh, for sure. And uh, I mean, what you said about social aspects and community stuff, you know, that's like, that's why I do this job. You know, that's why I enjoy it. Um, and that's like why we're here today is because you guys all play a game and share a passion for topics or a game or a community or whatever together, you know. And uh, that's ultimately why I do this job is because I love that stuff. Um, and so when you integrate social features and stuff like that and encourage that in, in gameplay, then really, I think you're right. That's the fastest way to grow a player base. You know, you build relationships with people and look, you know, I haven't played Dust for a long time, you know, and the fact that we're I'm here today talking to you guys is just testament to that, I guess, at some level that, you know, we're all huge nerds and we like nerding out over stuff and that's cool. So like, seriously, that, that's what it is. And like, that's ultimately why I, you know, I do this job. Um, so I totally agree with you, man. I think, um, that's why online games in particular, you know, when I was a kid, that's why I got super into them was that reason was like, it was my excuse to go outside without ever going outside, you know, just sitting in my room playing games. So that's a pretty good way to look at it. Actually. I hadn't thought about that going outside without going outside, but this is, uh, I will say this. So you, you do, you've picked a really fun game to, to work on, you know, by happenstance or luck. This is, uh, this is a really, really, uh, w wicked cool game. Uh, and like I said, I think you touched on the meat of it in a very accessible game to play, but I, just the depth of it. I, I want to say there's over 300, like when you guys go live, like like on the PS4, and I know you got it in the PC and the Xbox, it's like over 300 different types of combat vehicles that you can play in the game. It, it's pretty it's pretty staggering. You've uh, Let's see, I'm counting on, your, on the website. It's like 19 or 20 different, maps like pretty big well-developed maps oh yeah really good stuff i mean this is not a 
like again, I just want to impress upon people when folks think about free to play, this is not generally what you would think of when you think of that. So it's really cool. The, the, I did want to ask you a couple quick questions about the free to play aspect. Yeah. Uh, sort of the, the uh, I guess the econ the economy in the game. Uh, one of the things that, that you guys are very upfront about is that you know you, there's nothing really in the game that gives you a market advantage. Uh, like, you know, the premium stuff that you buy, you can get like some silver, fa you know, like, like the in-game currency faster. Uh, you can do a couple other things um, like special tank skins and stuff like that. But I'm not seeing anything right now in the game that what I would consider to be kind of a red flag of like, if you don't put money out to get this, you're not going to be competitive. Now, I think like at the very upper end, it's probably... Um, you know, the, like the gold ammo and some of the other high-speed consumables might be pretty useful. But that's one of the things, if you can talk a little bit about the type of stuff that you guys offer in terms of the, um, you know, the the microtransactions piece, what kind of stuff can a player spend their money on once they, if they like the game, they want to invest in the game a little bit, what are the kind of things they can get? Um, that's a pretty good question too, because one of the things, you know, my perception before joining uh, Wargaming was that, oh, uh, it's that game that I think or I've heard is, pay to win. Um, and that's what I've kind of heard before I'd ever played World of Tanks. Um, and now that I'm working on the game, there's literally nothing in the game that you can actually buy solely with real money that isn't available with in-game currency. So even the gold ammo you mentioned, you can buy that with in-game currency, with silver, which is what you can earn by, you know, having really good matches and stuff like that. So you can... There's nothing that will give you a marked advantage, let's put it that way. So if you have a gold round, you can purchase that with silver. Um, that being said, of course, there's you know shortcuts to spending money. So if you, you can buy gold, and then with gold, with real money, then you can use that to just purchase gold rounds outright if you wanted to. And gold rounds, for people who haven't played the game at all, uh, what they do is they have a higher chance of penetrating your target. So like in real tank warfare, uh, depending on where you hit a tank and with what kind of shell you hit that tank, um, you have a you have a chance of penetrating it. And if not, then your then your shot actually deflects off. Um, so gold rounds have a higher chance of actually penetrating your target and not bouncing. Um, so that's kind of why they are flat out better than other rounds. That being said, like a, like I mentioned before, you can actually buy them with with in-game silver. They're just kind of colloquially known as gold rounds. Um, the other cool stuff I think on Xbox in particular that you can actually spend your money on is what I mentioned before, which are some of these hero tanks. They don't exist to the same extent uh, on PC. So we've uh, say Xbox, not just Xbox, PS, PS4 now too. I got used to that. Um, we, we have a lot of things in the game, and I think we've had a little bit more leeway with the sort of things that we can do with the game. And I think that's testament to the team in Chicago. Uh, they're very, very receptive to player feedback, actually. I mean, they, they, they like patrol those forums like no tomorrow they're really super engaged and they do their best i think to try and roll out meaningful updates for what players are looking for the issue being obviously with now juggling three platforms and so much development content still to come i mean there's a lot of stuff in the console version of the sorry in the pc version of the game that's not yet on console um and so there's things there that we're still trying to catch up trying to play catch up and so we're trying to prioritize i think a lot of the stuff like what is it that's going to make the biggest impact right now and what can we do in the short term? Uh, you know, one of the things I've been pushing for super hard is getting um, proper sort of spectator mode into the game. And I think we're hoping that that's going to come fairly shortly. Um, and basically that'll allow me to host tournaments better, right? It'll allow me to fly around the battlefield and like when I'm streaming a tournament or something, 
um, then we can actually do that. Um, and because I just know that there's a demand for that sort of stuff. So the team there is working really hard on that stuff, and, and they're they're responding to players in some ways. You know, we know that there's a large demand for customizable tanks, skin tanks, all that stuff, and so they're doing that really quickly. I mentioned before, there's like the Freedom Tank for the U.S., which is like crazy painted like an American flag and everything. Uh, there's similar tanks like that uh, for several nations now. We have a Brazilian version, we have a uh, a British version, a French version. Um, they're they're all like hero tanks for those nations and. You know, that's content that's really cool. You can actually purchase those with gold. And sometimes the uh, the gold tanks serve a particular purpose. So um, they may have accelerated uh, XP gain. And so you can use your XP on a premium tank, which is these tanks that you buy. You can use that to level up your other tanks. So uh, not all of them do, but certain certain ones of them have like XP uh, boosts. Some of them have silver boosts. So like they're really good at just farming silver if that's what you want to do with them. So that's kind of what you can spend your money on. Um, and there's a lot of content, like you said, that's coming down the pipeline too. Um, and so I think this game, one of the things that I wanted to stress um, today, I guess speaking to you guys, is that it's kind of a unique situation we're in right now because we have a 360 version, we have the one version, and those two games are uh, on content parity with one another. So you know, the 360 has all access to all the same tanks that the that the Xbox One does, and access to all the same maps that the Xbox One does. Now, the PS4 isn't quite there yet, and that's because, I mean, we're still bringing stuff over to the PlayStation 4. So it's going to launch with some reduced amount of content. But the, the plan really is to get it back in there as rapidly as possible. So, um, you know, we're talking a matter of months or something like that. Um, to try and get it back onto par with the Xbox is as, as quickly as possible. And so there's going to be... Um, accelerated content releases on PlayStation, which if you're a PlayStation player is pretty cool because I think, you know, every month or two months you're going to be seeing a pretty meaningful update to the game, um, increasing the number of maps, increasing the number of uh, tanks available. Uh, I mean, tanks being available is one of the big ones. The game is launching with the Russian, U.S., and German set of tanks. We call them uh, lines, the lines of tanks. But it's, it's launching with those three, but the Xbox version currently has eight different nations. So, I mean, there's five more nations of things to come. Um, and like you mentioned, there's over 300 tanks on the PC version. So the Xbox version is still playing catch up. The PS version is, PS4 version is playing catch up to that, but at a much quicker rate. So the goal is to have them on par with one another as, as quickly as possible and then continue rolling out updates to get it to where the PC version is. And, and hopefully we'll have a lot of cool features that the PC version just won't have to. So, um, yeah. Good deal. Man. That was a long answer. No, no, that, that's actually good because that's, I mean, anytime you have a free-to-play game, that's usually one of the things that people start looking at is what are the, you know, kind of what are the costs. And and I did, you know, doing a quick check, it looks like, um, you know, if you bought like kind of the premium in-game currency gold, you know, which is pretty pretty much the standard for gaming is you, you buy gold and you, you earn silver in the game. Um, it, you know, your costs for premium tanks and stuff like that, uh, release the game's cost are, are very on par, very competitive with similar offers, uh, you know, in other kinds of games. So it's actually, again, looks, looks pretty good. And I know there's a lot of different bundles and stuff you can get out there. So it's really about how much enjoyment you get out of the game is how much you want to put into it. But, um, Really, really good stuff. So I've got a, I know we've, we've had you on for a while, man. So I want to kind of start wrapping it up real quick. I do have one serious question for you. We just had the PS4 open beta. Uh, if we've got some folks that are interested in playing this kind of uh, live and in color on the PlayStation, 
when might they be able to expect their next opportunity to play either in another beta session or maybe uh, for a full version release? Uh, so I, I can't comment on specifics because uh, we don't actually know. Um, but what I would say is that the team in Chicago are working pretty hard and they're also incredibly, um, incredibly talented and incredibly uh, good at development. So um, I wouldn't expect that we're waiting too long, but honestly, just kind of stay tuned. Uh, the best place, the URL is ps4.worldoftanks.com or console.worldoftanks.com. Um, where all the info will be there, and I think you can register your interest at the PS4 subdomain, and you'll get emails and stuff. But um, there's no announcement for a release date yet. But what I'll say is, like, it's you know, we're really hoping for it to be soon. Let's put it that way. Um, and by the way, like, I mean, it's only eight o'clock here, man. It's not that late, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad at it forever. So whatever. I keep, yeah, I keep forgetting you're on Best Coast time, man. That that works great. Uh, okay, all right, that's pretty. That's pretty legit, man. Uh, so. It, We've got two, three people uh, that might be interested in asking you questions. So I'd like to open it up, you know, like Pokey, Zell, or uh, Jadik, if you guys had any questions or bait. Uh, you've got the kind of the man with all answers for World of Tanks here. Anything that you're interested in about vehicle combat on the on the console? Pokey, I'll open it up to you. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously I, I did a lot of tanking and dust. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, since this is more of a, a dust podcast, is there any, um, any things that, that, that may have translated from dust to this game that you would, uh, point out to people that they might enjoy or anything like that? I was equally terrible at tanking in dust as I am in all the tanks. So, um, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I think, I think the one thing is just the depth. I mean, like dust, dust, dusk, dust is a pretty hardcore game you know it's got a lot of depth to it there's a lot of stuff number crunching and stuff like that and i think that's what really translate the most i mean we were talking about eve similar deal right these games are games for people who like depth and meaning in, in their games and i think that's that's the thing is the mentality you know that sort of gameplay it's why i enjoy dota as a game it's you know it's a game that yes has twitch reflexes and all this craziness but ultimately it's just a very deep game and, and i think that's what attracts me to all these games right um the other thing is, look, it's it's a console game. So when you say, you know, is there something that the dust people will like? It's like, yeah, it's a console game and it's free to play. So it's living in that same space. Um, and there's not very many games um, on console, I feel, that are AAA games. And, and you know, there's there's very few of them. So um, if you enjoy dust, I, I hope you'll enjoy um, World of Tanks if you have a PS4. So, and I'm always happy to jump in with, with dust bunnies and play, man. I actually saw a couple of guys... Um, a GDC, not GDC, PAX, sorry. Cicelis um, Ivara, I saw him. That was pretty cool. And uh, I went down to PAX Australia last year, and I had some people come up to me who recognized me from CCP times and stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. I still try and stay in touch with people a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at the website earlier because I unfortunately missed the open beta, so I had to get a chance to actually play. But I was digging through your website, which is very, very good. I, I absolutely loved it. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a spreadsheet warrior, as many CCP uh, customers are, and I'm just drooling over all the stats and stuff you guys have listed on the website. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, really digging into the insane amount of vehicles you guys have. It, it looks fantastic. I'm really looking forward to, to giving it a shot, and I, I do hope it we at least get another beta pass or hopefully a, a quick release. Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be awesome. So uh, yeah. Thanks for answering the question. 
Yeah, of course, man. We'll play together for sure. When, when it launches or if we have another beta or anything like that, yeah, I'm more than happy to jump in. I actually didn't really get to play at home uh, during the beta because that same beta weekend um, landed at the same time as PlayStation Experience, and I was at the show the whole weekend. So um, I didn't even get a chance to play on my own like home account. I just set it to download and just had to go to the convention center. So pretty cool actually I, I didn't think about that usually when we're when we get when uh, most of the players get their opportunity to, to do a lot of their gaming you know like at you know nights or on weekend you guys are probably like on the on opposite schedule of that trying to try to do anything but mess with the game or you're, oh, or you're actually sure. working on it yeah no for sure i mean when i come home you know it's like i've been tanking or in some way related to tanking all day and i'm just like okay i gotta decompress and go do something else now so it's kind of funny i mean Ironically, I guess working in Shanghai, it was kind of like the opposite, right? Um, you know, our most of the player base um, for Dust was not in China. So when you guys were playing, it was probably when it was like a weekend for me or something crazy like that. So um, it's funny how that works. You know, as a community manager, you're kind of working 24-7, you know, no matter what day of the year it is. You know, if the World Tank servers catch fire on Christmas Day, which I'm really hoping they don't, like I'm going to be there suffering with all the players. <laughs> so... That's, that's what happens. Yeah, that that's actually pretty cool. Uh, let's see. I'll tee it up. Uh, Jadek or Bait, you guys have any questions for uh, Saberwing? Nobody speak at once, right? We have these awkward pauses in the podcast. It's okay. Oh, yeah? <laughs> if, if you actually, if you don't, um, if you don't point them out, um, they all disappear and get edited out because I edit out silence. But if you if you mention them or you say, you know, oh, I hear the crickets or whatever, then then people know there was a silence. So generally, what what happens is Zell, in his quest for having an incredibly transparent and well-polished radio broadcast, he will always point it out so that it looks like we don't know what we're doing. And it's even more awkward when he does edit out the silence because we go into this little montage about every other uh, – Every other uh, show, and to the to the random listener that downloads it on their iTunes, they don't hear the pause. So, they, many times they're like looking at their their iPod, going, "Did, did I skip some? Did I, what happened?" So it's all good. But that's uh, funny. <laughs> the um, I, I did I did want to ask you a quick question. What's your what is your favorite tank to to be rolling around in? What do you most play with when you're playing World of Tanks? That's a good question. Um... Hmm. So the PS4 version, like, I can't really speak to that yet because I haven't really had a chance to play properly outside the show floor. But for the Xbox version, um, I'm going to go with a tank that is pretty rare um, and doesn't get sold very often. And it's called the T-3488. And it's a weird Russian-German hybrid. And um, it's it's just a very OP tank, honestly. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> tank. Um, if I had to pick something that's a bit more standard... Um, let me think about that. I get asked this all the time, and somehow it still takes me forever to think of an answer every time I get asked this question, too. Um, I think I'm not patient enough to, to or I guess I, I play too YOLO, which is really bad in World of Tanks. Like, I, I kind of just, like, I, I'm, I'm probably the worst teammate to have, actually. But I like to have a tank that's just fairly um, noob-proof. And so it's, okay, so I'll go with the Super Pershing. It's, it's, if that means anything to anybody who's listening, but it's it's a super Pershing. It's like an American tank, and um, the reason I like it is because if you just face forwards at your target and they're shooting at you, it's the hardest way to penetrate that tank. So most other tanks have to angle, so or they want to angle, and like I mentioned earlier, when you angle your tank a little bit, what that does is it 
um, it actually makes it harder to penetrate your tank. And we actually have some really cool tool tips in the uh, in the console version. So you probably saw them when you played, um, but they kind of explain that to you. So like if you turn your tank slightly at an angle, the shot, you know, the theory is that it has to penetrate more armor to actually penetrate the whole of the tank, right? Um, whereas the Super Pershing has what's called angled armor. So it's naturally angled <laughs> So from the front. So if you just face your target, it's very hard to penetrate that tank. Um, so it's super noob proof in that like, I can just face my enemy and not have to worry about doing anything crazy. That being said, if somebody knows that you're driving a super Pershing, which like most people at that tier would do, they'll just totally wreck you because they just know to shoot the size of the tank where it's really weak. So I'll say that tank, um, which is like, if anyone who really plays World of Tanks uh, is listening to this podcast, they're going to flame me super hard for saying that. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, no problem. I'm, I'm actually kind of a, f- a fan of the, uh, like the, the Panzer and the, uh, like the actual Pan- Panther one and the, uh, the M4, M4 E3, E3, E4, E8, like the, the kind of the classic iconic tanks of, uh, of World War II. Those are actually pretty fun. I was just yeah. able to barely get into them as the beta was closed. Like I, I had like powered all the way through the, the builds to get to, to get to those. And I was like r- really right on the edge of being able to do it. So I think I played like a couple matches with them. They were pretty pretty cool. Well, you're keeping all your progress from the beta. So if you took part in the open beta, um, you keep that progress for launch. So it doesn't go away. Um, so you get to continue. I thought you were going to mention the M4 Sherman, which is like, yeah, the iconic World War II tank for uh, American World War II tank, I guess. And if you ever watch the movie Fury, it's like the tank that's in that. Yeah, um, you guys had like a, uh, like, a pre- like a premium tank for that when the movie came out, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Fury thing exists. Um, what I'll say is it's going to soon, it's not going to stop existing, but it's going to become nigh impossible to acquire it, I think. And that's just a licensing thing. But um, I mean, I'm looking at having one final way to give it to some of the Xbox players or something like that in, in the remainder of this month. But um you know, it, it's one of those tanks that we sold for a little while, and we haven't been able to sell it for uh, for a little while. And it's going to be kind of rare, I think. It's going to be a collector's item for people. All, all I'm saying is that if we want equity across all the platforms, there should be like a special offer for the beta folks. I'm just well, throwing that. I'm just throwing that out there. The funny thing is, like, I mean, you guys already have some cool, unique stuff, and and that's one of the things where. So functionally, um, in terms of what the games are going to do on Xbox and PlayStation, they're going to be uh, identical. That's the, that's the um, or I say feature-wise, right? That the the goal is to have them be identical feature-wise. And with content, there's going to be some exclusives uh, that are time locked. So, uh, for example, PlayStation is getting two unique maps that the Xbox version doesn't have, and that is um, off the top of my head. What's the second map before I mention it? I think it's Ruinberg is called one of them, and that's a tank. Uh, so that's a map that's on PC. And the other one's a, a brand new map called Scorpion Pass, which is actually the largest map ever made for any World of Tanks game ever. So like, no, it doesn't exist on PC. It doesn't exist on Xbox One. And it's going to be there for an exclusive time period. I don't know what that time period is, but for a few months, I think, um, where the Xbox players won't have access to that content. So that's really cool. But then the goal is to have all the content shared. So eventually... Um, you know, the Xbox players will get that stuff too. And and I think what the team in Chicago have said that they want to do is try and have exclusives for both 
platforms at the same time. So if PlayStation gets something that's exclusive, then the Xbox fans will also get something that's going to be kind of um, exclusive for them, which is which I think is pretty cool. And then after a few months, then it kind of opens up for everybody. Um, there is some incentives for playing in the open beta. So if you took part, you've already got them, and that's like your um you get two specific tanks for playing there right you get the m22 locust which was like skinned out all chrome and crazy and then there was the t1e6 ps these words and letters probably mean nothing to half the people on this podcast but um it was just another tank that is skinned black and blue for playstation 4 colors um the xbox version coincidentally was the uh was, was green and black uh, for xbox colors like when they had their beta yeah, so cool. Um, so they're kind of custom skins, so you can't get that on the Xbox. But in terms of what the tanks actually do, like their abilities and like their stats, they're the same. It's just that their skin's slightly different for the platforms, which is kind of cool. Okay, no, that's pretty cool. Actually, that, that blue and the blue camouflage tank, I think I actually uh, I I trash canned it by accident when I was messing around with the menus. So I, I, I so I drove around the Chrome tank for like the Locust for a long time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the Locust is a super fast tank. It's pretty fun. Yep. No, it's pretty. It's pretty bomber, man. The uh, and just so uh, just kind of a a, a quick uh, a quick hit for everybody. So we talked about a lot of fairly in depth mechanics in the game. We, we've probably only kind of and I think Saberwing did a really good job of describing some of it. So I would say just broadly, uh, you know, World of Tanks. It sounds very obvious. It's all about tanks. There's a lot of different like combat platforms like vehicle combat platforms in it but the big thing i would kind of like let you guys know is if you're any kind of history buff this is a kind of a cool game uh if you're a big fan of watching like you know discovery channel or the history channel and you see like world war ii films and stuff like that this is pretty solid uh but they go into a lot of uh minute details about like how that matter in the gameplay about how you use cover like camouflage, concealment, and then actually how you can use uh, the, the, all the environment is pretty much destructible, like the, the buildings and the trees and stuff like that. Uh, so your ability to see, be seen matters, your ability to drive, where you shoot people, uh, the angle you shoot them, the type of ammunition that you use matters, all of these different things. It, it's This is where you get into the kind of the, um, you know, the depth of the game that, like when you first play it, it feels pretty cool. But then the more you get into it, the deeper and deeper it goes. Uh, so that's the just something to throw out there. I do recommend if you're interested in the game at all, go to uh, World of Tanks or is it the World of Tanks console site, and it's pretty easy to see. They got an Xbox and a PlayStation tag on it, and it, it's a really, really well put together website that goes into kind of a lot of cool detail. Uh, in terms of actual game guides on there that gives you a lot of great tips for starting out. Um, and the Tanklopedia, it's got every tank that they've got, I think probably currently in the Xbox. Um, and and the assumption is based that most of these will be in the launch of the PS4 or at some point will be in the launch in, in the PS4 version. And you yeah. can really, really get a sense of kind of the depth that you can get into. So I, I did want to just give, give you guys a quick shout on that one. And it's the uh, console.worldoftanks.com. That is a really, really well put together website. And they've got a really good forum over there too. And, and one thing I would say is if you've come from some other games, um, sometimes forums can get kind of trolly and a little, little pointed. I've generally found the World of Tanks forum to be incredibly uh, new guy friendly. Um, like it's a really cool community. If you ask questions, they will they will pipe up and answer you. 
um, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll at least point you to the right place. I, I have not seen a lot of, uh, you know, poo flinging on the forms like you do, like you get in some other games. So uh, kudos to the community team at World of Tanks right. the version for helping, <laughs> helping foster that sort of uh, that sort of vibe. But you guys actually have a really really cool community. I assume a lot of it's transplanted over from maybe the PC side. Is that about right? You think? Um, I think there's a unique player base there. Uh, I mean, there is obviously some crossover. Um, I'll tell you when I first joined Wargaming and I went on the forums for the first time. Um, man, it felt like too good to be true people were too nice to me i felt like i was like where's like the bitter vet i know that's what i was expecting man <laughs> that's what i'm used to dealing with <laughs> is uh i'm used to getting torn a new one every day and so i don't know i guess i've got pretty hardened skin now but um yeah they're super friendly for the most part um it's going to be interesting with the playstation coming uh you know we're gonna have players from both sides of the fence now you know and, and there's going to be there's already been some console discussion like console wars and stuff but i think people will learn to play nice because ultimately um they're playing the same game you know and, and they're kind of um you know they're kind of experiencing the same stuff and they're not playing against each other in game so they can't grief each other in game and stuff like that um and and I think when you mentioned about the Tankopedia, all that stuff is is very cool. There's a lot of stats on there. Um, if you're interested in like even additional game styles, um, I recommend looking at the PC version of Wiki. Um, and the reason is is um, that's actually got like a lot of strategic stuff in there. Um, you know, these are guys who've been playing the game for years, so they can say like, hey, this tank is super good on these sorts of maps, or it's really good for scouting like this, or whatever. And so the wiki's a good resource for that, even if it is sometimes a little out of date. Um, and you know, that's, and you mentioned like the player demographic. Um, I guess the reason I, I want to touch on that is just because I've been kind of blessed, I think, over the last few years with some of the, the jobs I've had in, in some regards. You know, I've had opportunities to do stuff that I never would have had uh, a chance to do otherwise, you know? Um, and so now I get to go to some really kind of crazy places, which are really exciting. Uh, you know, I got to go to a tank museum and we had like a event, a player gathering at a tank museum on the outskirts of Chicago. I mean, that's really cool. You know, I got to sit like on the turret of a real tank. Like I'd never probably seen a real tank. I don't remember seeing a real tank ever, let alone going to a tank museum and, and doing like a, a player gathering there. What, you know, that's super fun. Where were, which tank museum were you at? Uh, Cantini? Yeah, I was there. I, in... I drive past there to work every day. That's you guys so come funny. back ever. You gotta, you gotta give me a shout out. Yeah, man. I was at the Continue Tank Museum. It was, um, I'm trying to think when, was it August, July? Something it was hot. I remember that. It was in the middle of summer. Yeah, I was there. Um, well, it's not hot here now and it's only going to get worse. So you I share know. some sympathies with the Chicago team. They're going to be I feeling know. it hard for the next couple of months. I actually go to Chicago. Uh, well, I say I go there fairly regularly. I think I will be going there fairly regularly. Um, you know, I have a pretty close relationship with those guys. Um, obviously, they're the dev team um for for the console version and and in san francisco we are the publishing office so we we kind of deal with all the marketing pr community um customer support all that stuff for all the wargaming titles gets handled out of san francisco for the americas but the actual development for this game is in chicago so i go there kind of uh, frequently so next time i'm there I'll, I'll make sure to let you know man and um yeah it will be fun continue is cool uh, it's like a big field of like lots of pretty stuff like tr uh, trees and flowers and stuff and it's got like 10 badass tanks in it it's pretty it's pretty cool 
Uh, I'll, I've got some. I've got some places you can go that you. That if you're if you're traveling, I will. I'll give you a couple spots if you guys want to go hang out and see some see some real tanks, like actually move and shoot a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a couple of places you can go. I'll, I'll I'll hit you up after the podcast with them. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You'll you you dig it. Um. So since uh since we are kind of across multiple time zones here, man, we are going to go ahead and kind of wrap this one up, but this has been one of probably the more fun shows we've had in a while, uh, kind of getting into it. And what I would like to do is, uh, we'll do some quick shout outs. Uh, like we'll kind of run down the list and hit a few. Um, and we, we definitely want to let you know that we, when the, when the next PS4 drop happens, either if it's another beta round or if you guys are going live or whatever, once kind of the dust settles on that one, um, you know, we're going to invite you back and we'll let you, we'll let you know our impressions in mass about uh, playing the, playing on the PS4 or the Xbox or whatever, whatever. I'll be playing and, PC though. Yeah. And he'll be playing PC. So, but we would like to, to bring you back on, uh, you know, at sometime after that drops and we can just, uh, we can have a good, good chat about that one. So it's pretty cool, man. But uh, absolutely. No, like I would love to. And like I said, uh, the next time the servers are live, I'd love to play with you guys, you know, just, um, you have my Twitter and everything, so just yeah, message me and we'll, we'll sort that out. And I'll, I'll send you guys my gamer tag and we'll play. My gamer oh. tag is actually really easy if you guys want to add me. It's Saberwing43, like just the numbers 43. And then uh, just add me and yeah, we'll, we'll play the next time. Uh, next time the servers are up. All right, man. Sounds like a good plan. So let's go ahead and lead off with some shout outs. Uh, Zell, you're at the top of the list, brother. Hi. Um, okay. Um, I'll give my shout out to uh, Star Citizen, the 2.0 patch I, I mentioned is now out for everyone. Um, it's fun. Um, I tried Elite Dangerous. I found it a lot less fun, um, but I did try it, so that's my shout-out. Okay, well, that's good stuff. Let's see, Bait, are you still awake? I barely, yeah. Um, I'd like to give my shout-out to uh, the Incorruptibles, as always, um, and a shout-out to uh, EVE Online. been playing that with the guys um, for, I think, a week now or so. We had some really fun antics last night. Uh, in wormhole space and trying to recover um, clips, one of our members, and we devised a brilliant plan. So that was that was much fun. So shout out to those. <laughs> All right, I got you, man. Uh, Jedek, any shout outs? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to to uh, Incorruptibles as well. Started playing Eve again, and uh, <laughs> there's two members. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Uh, one guy was able to save one of our court members' pod from a gate uh, gank. And he did it by dropping Pax Mario Bibles and a Lamaus. It was, <laughs> it was a great time all around. Okay, and there's probably about five people that knew what that was, but trust me, it's funny. Uh, let's see, Pokey. Uh, I'll give it a shout out for Saberwing for coming on and talking to us. It was really cool to have you on, man. You're a real awesome guy. It's good to talk to you uh, personally. And uh, also shout out to Jadik Menheim for getting those uh, images of whatever that was dust related uh, pulled and saved off so we could all enjoy them and get them reposted. Those are very cool and fun to tinfoil about. So thanks, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Uh, for me, for my shout outs, a couple, couple of three quick ones. Uh, one to a friend of the show, Luther Mandrix. He asked me to ping him with a shout out. So I'm hitting you with a shout out, brother. Uh Let's see. I would like to, to throw one out, and this is going to kind of kind of a little bit out of out of left field. The Peanuts movie, like the Charlie Brown movie that's out. Uh, I, I am I'm forty, you know, so that this is about the right age for me. Like that's the stuff I remember when I was like, you know, 
six or seven, you know, five, six, seven years old coming on and I would watch the house or something like that. Um, I got to take my son to see that yesterday. And that was really awesome because uh, he, he thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's, uh, it's exactly like the kind of peanuts shows that you saw, like as probably like a little kid uh, just done very well with some, some nice, uh, uh, very subtle, uh, computer graph, computer animation. So it's a really, really, really good show. Definitely for, if you got like a little brother, little sister or something like that, or you got kids highly recommended. Um, the last one definitely got to give a shout out to my, uh, to my new bro here, Saber wing, really appreciate you coming on and kind of talking to us about the game and getting this a little bit more hyped about it. It's, we, we were very, we were very interested in it. And, and those of us that played it, uh, during the open beta really, really dug it on the console. Uh, and we're really looking forward to it coming out. So really appreciate you coming on, man. That was, uh, th- and by the way, just so everybody knows, this all came together like in about three or four hours before the show. Uh, that's the kind of guy that he is. And it's the kind of community they're trying to foster over in that game. Uh, so, you know, we hit each other up on Twitter a couple times and it just worked out that uh, he had some time tonight. So he's able to hop on with us. So uh, really really fun show tonight. It's probably literally the best time I've had in a while. So thanks a lot for coming in. So Saberwing, I will let you close it out, man. Any shout outs for the team or for the audience out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I got a few. I think the first one's going to you guys uh, for having me on here. Thanks a lot. You know, I know we've been meaning to do this for a few years. Uh, so I'm glad I finally made it. I think I'm pretty sure there's been times in the past where I've, I've listened in and everything, um, you know, a year or two ago. So Thanks for finally having me on, and you know it was a blast talking to you guys. Um, I think the second one is to all the team in Chicago who are making Level Tanks on console happen. You know that the team is a monster. You know they're they're really good at what they're doing, and and they're turning out updates and content releases and stuff super fast. So hopefully the game will be awesome for you guys. Um, and I think the final one is you know to everyone who listens to this show. I, I probably interacted with you guys a lot. You know back in the day, and uh, you know whatever game you're playing, Eve, Dust, whatever you know. Um, I had a blast talking to you guys back then, and I still kind of do. So don't be a stranger. You know, I'm I'm on Twitter all the time. So feel free to message me whenever, and, and I'll talk to you about whatever I'm allowed to talk about. But um, <laughs> you guys are, you know, some of the best communities out there for sure. And and uh, you know, it's kind of privileged to get to work with you guys. So awesome, man. We really appreciate it. So we're gonna go ahead and bring this uh, episode of uh, Biomass to a close as we uh, continue to to. You know, put the product out, out there uh, either on the blog or here on the podcast. We always highly recommend it, or at least we ask anyway, that you give us some feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Head over to uh, biomass.com. We, we would appreciate your comments on that one. Uh, good, bad, and different. It's always good to get some feedback, uh, so it's pretty cool. And my, I've got one kind of sideways shout-out, by the way. Saberwing has one of the best sound clouds out there. Just throwing that out there. Look look that up. It's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Uh, hopefully you found my new one. I'm not my old my old personal one, but uh, I'm taking the music writing pretty uh, seriously these days. So well, when I say seriously, I mean I'm just putting a lot of money and time into it. That's it. But uh, that, that's, that, yeah. that would be serious along with most people. <laughs> but it, it is pretty good, though, actually. So. Thanks, man. Appreciate Um, it. Yeah, absolutely, man. No problem. So, folks, like we usually say, good night and good luck.